Hi there, everybody. This is Donna Fox, and you are listening to Akashic Wisdom. This is the show where we talk about the Akashic Records, and you get to call in and ask your questions of the Akashic Records live. It's like getting a free consultation. And so that's what you want to do. You want to be able to really understand what's going on. And today is, let's see, today is January 12th. And pretty soon it's going to be January 13th. And again, you're listening live. So if you're listening on January 12th, 2014, actually, 2014, you are listening live. If you're listening on any other day other than January 12th, 2014, then it is a pre-recorded show. But I am live, and something's going on wrong with my computer, but other than that, we're all set. Uh, so here's what I'd like to tell you. Uh, the Akashic Records. Well, the Akashic Records are the energetic recording of your soul's journey over every lifetime, including your soul's intention for this lifetime. And this is an, and what's important to understand is, is that most of the people on this planet today um, uh, are. This is a message from the Akashic Records, by the way, that I'm I'm bringing forth to you. It's it's uh, the way I start the programs is to help you understand or bring forth a message from the Akashic Records. And the way I actually access the Akashic Records is through a sacred prayer uh, that shifts the energy to make the information accessible. And if you'd like to know more about what that sacred prayer is or or what the origin is, please call me, and I'm happy to talk about it. Um, but the actual Akashic Records, um, it is uh, an actual, like a repository, so that every thought, word, and deed are, are registered in the Akashic Records, including your soul's intention for this lifetime, as I mentioned. So to get back to the message, what's, uh, what's coming forward is a message to let everyone know that we are at a crossroads in humanity where we need to claim our lineage. So what does that mean? That means that we are hybrids. We are human, but we have the DNA of not only our ancestors, but our ancestors in many cases, in fact, in most cases, were, were from off-planet. And our creation or our beginning came from off-planet beings that mated with our humanoid ancestors. And that's the reason why our our species has come so far so quickly. And if you look at history, there are actual jumps of intelligence that we can see not only from a physical, but also from a mental and technological evidences. And the the jumps that we make to the technology have not stopped, and they are going to continue. Now, there's many scientists out there that would probably uh, take issue with this, but the reality is the majority of information that we have learned that have gotten us to where we are today has been infused with our own knowledge. It's, it's like the, our off-planet brothers and sisters, um, ancestors, have assisted us in opening our minds and our consciousness to receive advanced technologies. 
and it's happening more and more inside the um, the the scientific community. You'll find that we are are actually moving into um, more advanced technology. And not that Donna Fox is not a scientist. I am just giving you information from the Akashic Records that will help you understand that we are more than we think we are. We have uh, ancestral lineage to off-planet beings. And, it, and I'm sure that there are people listening to this program they are saying, yes, yeah, so what's new? But there are other people in this that are listening to this program that are hearing this as a confirmation. I I, I actually today uh, was working with a client, and one of the questions was about the African American culture, and and this person happened to be African American. And the question that came up was why what was the what was the what was the the reason that african american the african american culture was not more supportive of each other and what came forward is that because of the way the American, the way the African American came onto onto this into this country, and the way that they were all split up and ended up mistrusting not only the white man but each other, and the way the families were ripped apart, that that became uh, inbred within their consciousness. And you take that a little farther and you realize, and, and, and the, other, the answer was, is, is that the, uh, now we're talking about the majority now. We're not talking about the minority. We're talking about the majority of African-American homes that children that grow up to be adults are in from the time they were, again, slaves until now, is because they never had a model for true loving. Now, I'm sure there's people out there who will say, well, my house was was a loving house, and I had a dad and a mom, and, and yes, and I know that there are a lot of wonderful families out there and tight-knit, but that's not what the masters, teachers, and loved ones are saying. What they're saying is that unless a person was a part of a community, let's say in a church, and and years ago when um, when when the black man and woman was were were um, sold into slavery, which is the most important thing that we could ever do to anyone, but at that time, because families were split, the young ones were coming up never saw a true example of love from within their own people because their families were torn apart. And it was a rare occurrence. And so what would be very important now for us to assist and for the... um, For even the the African American or, or or black community, if you will, would be to concentrate on actually creating models of loving families. Now, again, we have blended into into ourselves, and even if you come back to, there's been many Holocausts in our earth, on on our planet, at many times. And so we, 
carry all of that um, DNA, those memories within us. And then we also have the Eastern Europeans and and um, the Irish, the English, the, all of all all of those immigrants that came over. And if you think about back in the fifties, when when kids were being raised after the war, and you look at the way women and children were looked at, opposed to how they're looked at now. If you think about even the holidays. It was, it was, when I was growing up, you gave the postman a bottle of of whiskey uh, or a bottle of wine. Uh, You would bring, I I saw this to my parents, they would buy bottles of liquor for for people as gifts. Uh, People they didn't know. And that's 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 the piece here. People they didn't know whether they drank or they didn't drink. It was an accepted thing to give a bottle of liquor as a gift. But that's not acceptable anymore. Like it's, I mean, would you consider giving your your a coworker a bottle of of whiskey if you didn't know if he drank whiskey or not? And when I was growing up, it was assumed. It was assumed that's what people gave and that's what they did. And so we are, and, and so the dysfunctional families from the alcoholics that were created or that were um, that were parenting at that time also were, were reinforcing our own genetic belief systems. And so what we want to realize is that there are so many various re, re, um, belief systems that we carry with us that we are not even aware of that are part of our ancestral belief systems that we operate under. And it's a blueprint over a blueprint over a blueprint. And what we need to do is realize if we do a, a look at our life, we need to look at our relationships and instead of beating ourselves up about why the relationships aren't working, we need to look at what the models were as we were growing up. And if your models, so if you were not, if you weren't, you didn't have the opportunity to have a healthy, loving relationship modeled for you, you are now walking around trying to recreate a healthy, loving relationship based on the model that you saw growing up. And that's impossible to do. Because what you saw growing up was dysfunctional. And what we need to do now is become functional. Not dysfunctional, but functional. We need to be able to model for our children a loving environment. Even if it's a single environment, the, the parent who is who has custody of the children need to need to be able to model a self loving example so that our children understand what their boundaries are and how they can move into their own truth. And if you don't have children, but you need to be able to do that yourself, then that's what the Akashic Records are for. That's why you call for a consultation. That's why you you um, either dial into the program, and you can certainly do that tonight, for, you know, and you're not... This is like a, a free consultation. We can't go as deep as we could if, you, if we were on you know, um, one-on-one and, and, you know, in, you know, with a telephone call. But if you'd like to explore that, you can call toll-free tonight. Uh, uh, and whether you're in the United States or Canada, you can call 
429-5471, or you can dial 530-763-1594 direct. But what's, what's going on here is it's about what are we lacking in our lives or in our belief systems that cause us not to love ourselves. It's a belief system. And that's that's what I've been working on. It's, so people say, well, how do you love yourself? Well, first of all, you have to identify the, the behaviors and the belief systems you're holding that are not loving. You have to identify those. And then you have to work through neutralizing them. And it's not so much that you have to really... You have to be willing to do the work, but you have to love what is. You know, Byron Katie's work is very, very powerful in that area. And we have to look and just kind of go a walk down memory lane to see what was modeled for us. Was it was it modeled was ambition or um, confidence? or a can-do attitude model for us? Did we understand, Did we see that anywhere so that we could emulate it? And not just at home, not just from parenting, but in school. Who are your mentors? Who, are you, who were your heroes in school? Who did you look up to? What, what did they appear that they were doing that you're not doing now, that you could be doing for yourself too? enhance your fulfillment of your goals and dreams and desires. And so it's about really making a list of of who was important to you and why. And if you don't have any role models that were important to you, growing up, then it's time to get some right now. And what that means is you have to be able to consider allowing your little child to get excited about a role model. And again, what does that mean? That means that if you want to know about greatness, then you have to either associate with greatness or you have to read about greatness. So it's important for you to move into going and going to the library and reading about great people who um, overcame adversity so that you might identify with those heroes. And we have a caller on the line. Hello, caller. Hi. Hello. I can hardly hear My you. My name is Richard. Speak up. Hello. Okay. Is that That's better? better? Yes, much better. Okay. Hi. Who, who am I speaking? This is Donna. Who am I speaking to? This is Richard, Donna. Hi, Richard. And where are you calling from? From southern Alberta, Canada. Oh, okay, great. All right. How can we help you tonight? Um, just wondering if you can decipher something in my records as to uh, my life's purpose, and I don't know, uh, I feel like I'm kind of stuck, or have been, and okay. uh, yet I feel there's something I came here to do, but I don't know what it is, and I seem, uh, spent 30 years studying philosophy and taking courses, and, uh, you know, comparative religions, and increasing my consciousness, raising my consciousness. I've had different instances at courses, classes, and that sort of thing where my consciousness goes up and then it goes down again when you get home and back to work sort of thing. Uh, and, when you come uh, back to the real world, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm just wondering so, if there isn't something that's um, a hurdle that I need to work on to 
make a shift in my life. Sure. Um, just give me a second, Richard. Let me just kind of allow the masters, teachers, and loved ones of the Akashic Records to, to answer your question. So what you're wanting to understand is why why you're stuck or how to get unstuck, or both. How to get unstuck. Okay, so how to get unstuck. So you're feeling a little stuck right now. And and are you feeling stuck around career, spirituality, expansion of consciousness, relationships? What areas are you feeling most most stuck in? All of all of them. All of the above. Okay. All of them. Right. I've been okay. uh, basically alone for the last 25 years. Relationships just haven't happened. For the happened last or they haven't? Years. They haven't. Uh, they haven't continued. happened. They haven't happened. Okay. So, so first of all, so the first thing that comes forward, Richard, is is that 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 within you there is a within you there is a feeling and a belief system. Is, wait, wait, let me just get this, the words right. Within you, there is there is a, a a fear of betrayal, and so I, I'm so I'm going to ask you, you know, does that make sense to you? I mean, can you place that in your life? A feeling of a fear of betrayal. Um, don't really sense that. I, I, uh, common theme in my life has been rejection. I was told I came to bring my family of origin, um, the heart flame, love, and the group of intellectuals instead tried to beat it out of me. Um, I uh, just don't seem to fit in anywhere. <laughs> okay. And so but that seem of rejection rather than betrayal, although um, betrayal may be instances around the basic theme of rejection. Well... What I'm hearing is is that somehow you have you, you have you have qualified the rejection as a betrayal, especially for your family. Yeah, There's a betrayal possible. of your soul somewhere, and and the betrayal of your soul is stopping you because you're you're you, so we'll go with the word rejection, but but the idea is is that. During your childhood and beyond and and forward, the fact that you never felt like you fit in and you were punished for being who you were, who you are, created a a um, like like a belief system that you believed them because they were. As a child, you believed them because you didn't have any other anybody else to believe. As you grew older, you realized that they just weren't on the same page as you. But that right. belief system, the kid, that what's wrong with me? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you rejecting me? That it, you felt betrayed, alone, unseen. Right. Does that make sense? Yep, yeah, it does. Okay. So, so, so by carrying that forward. It, 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 what happens is you, you have allowed yourself to um, for that to be a self-fulfilling prophecy rather than breaking the mold. And that's exactly what we were talking about before about the ancestral belief systems that you that you came in um, that, you, that and for in your case that you were that were basically what I'm hearing is were pounded into you rather than allowing you to be who you are. They wanted, they wanted this wonderful, round, wonderful young man, this little boy, to fit in their square peg. Right. That has, that, that's, where you're, that's why you're stuck. Because there's a fear that if you really blossom into who you are, no one will accept you. Because right now, and up to this point, you're, you haven't blossomed, although you've tried, but you don't even know what blossoming is. Because there's a part of you that, a, that really doesn't want to conform to what anybody says, 
and and you don't want to be like anyone else because you're because it's scary for you. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. No, I mean, there was like you're not going to hurt my feelings if you say no. It just it just means that the master's teachers and loved ones will say it a little differently. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I know there's other people that think the way I do, but the majority of people don't. So it's well, but the idea I is I don't want to conform to the majority. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I like being. I like the the understanding that I've come to, and yes. the way that I'm trying to grow. And I don't really want to be like everybody else. Exactly. That's exactly are... what was just said, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But 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 the idea is is there is a part of you that's stuck for fear that somebody will not accept you. Right. So what was what, what the 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 way that you can move through this is is do you have a sense of what's joyful for you, Richard? What is what for me? Joyful. Joyful? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. What is it? Um, when I, I don't know, let go of mundane stuff and let my consciousness um, soar into other heights, there's this uh, freedom and joy that comes over me. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's just inside. Okay. It has nothing to do okay. with what's going on outside. It's just inside. Okay. All right. So so, so how can you move forward with that? What, what, I don't know. In other, words, like, in other words, like by expanding your consciousness, when do you do that and how can you, how can you benefit from it in, in the, your everyday life? Um, I've done it with different courses or weekend, um, you know, a course or, or, uh, meditation or, I don't know, different work that I've done, um, where my consciousness shifts. Okay. Uh, but then it doesn't stay. <laughs> what, you mean, oh, it doesn't stay because you, it, talk more about that. Uh, I don't know. Get back to making a living, surviving in the in the world, and right. uh, all the rest of it, and then it's uh, it's different. Eh? It's hard. It's hard to hold the consciousness. Is that right? Yeah. It's hard to right. hard, 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 hard to maintain the joy. Right. Okay. So so may I ask what kind of work you do? Uh, worked as a power lineman for thirty years now. Are you retired? Building and maintain, building and maintaining power lines and substations. And are you are you um, retired now? No, not yet. Okay. So when you're, do you have to go up on the poles and the lines like that? Uh, lately, the last ten years, I've been uh, underground network stuff and substations, so I haven't been climbing. So I haven't had so to do, do that. So how do you feel? How do you feel about your job? Um, lots of ways I enjoy working with mechanical things. I spent a couple of years doing uh, paperwork inside in an office, and I felt like a caged dog. And uh-huh. when I actually had a chance to do something mechanical, put something together, I felt like I'd accomplished something. And okay. so overcoming the task and getting it done, I have a sense of accomplishment, and I enjoy being outside. So... But do you, do, you real, uh, been, do you realize how important your job is? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was when I was climbing poles and doing maintenance work and shooting trouble, putting power back on in the middle of the night, uh, you know, maybe to twenty to forty or fifty customers getting the power back on, I certainly had a sense of accomplishment getting something done. But even now, what, what's being said is is that. One of the things that that can help you with your joy or that consciousness is to ma- is to marry that expanded consciousness with what the work that you do. Right, right. I mean, do you understand how to do that? Um, sometimes I do. I I, you know, close my eyes and and shift in the middle of the right. day. 
take a, take a break right. from the mundane and uh, shift shift my view and and uh, and put myself into that feeling that I've known from other other times when the consciousness has gone up. Right. And uh, and and that brings yeah. the joy back, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And and so the idea here is is that when you're feeling overwhelmed or stuck, it's going to be very important for you to under for you to ask yourself the question of what am I angry about and 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 how can I find joy in this? Right. Do you get right. that? Do you understand mm-hmm. that your procrastination or overwhelm has to do with anger? Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, what's, what's happening is it's almost like you're rebelling against something. It's about rebelling. A, well, let me get this right. It's a, it's a rebellion, a, a, but I'm not. They're not sharing what the rebellion is because that might be too personal over the air. So the idea is is, is that it's really about. If you, when you feel stuck or overwhelmed and you can't move forward, you have to you have to ask yourself the question: Why do I want to move forward? And why am I? What am I angry about or fearful about moving forward? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to. It's 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 introspective work. Do you journal? Yeah. No, I've tried, but I. Come out blank most of the time. Find I don't have anything. There's nothing coming through. Nothing inspired to to put down on paper. I've That's tried, because you're trying to no, change the world with your journaling. <laughs> you're, tr- you're trying to be profound, and journaling is not about being profound. Journaling is about understanding your feelings. Right. So, so when you were to ask these questions, it would be helpful if you were to actually journal what's coming to you. So if you're angry about something, if you ask yourself that question, just write down the answer. It's not about anybody else looking at it but you, because the whole deal here is for you to understand what your patterns are. Because otherwise, if you don't understand what your patterns are, you're just using the, the, the idea of being stuck or overwhelmed as an excuse not to move forward. Right. <laughs> This may not have what you be what you want to hear, but the reality is, are you? Can you identify with this? I guess so. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's it's either it's a yes or a no. It's not a guess so. It's a, if you can't, then you, then please tell me where where you're not identifying with it. You called for help, and that's what yeah. that's what the, the service of this program is is to help you. So if there's something that right. you don't agree with or you can't align with, then then you know, you you need to let me know what part you don't no, don't align with. What part do, don't you align with? Because all all this is is about helping you. Um, I can't say that I feel angry. There may be a subconscious thing, but I'm not aware of right. it. So so what? So talk to, t- tell t- talk more about how you feel stuck or overwhelmed. What what's the circumstance? Um. I was I've been told for 30 years by different people when I've taken courses and whatnot that I'm they saw me in later life being a teacher, okay, uh, a healer, a but, teacher, uh, a teacher and a healer. Yeah. Okay. But it it uh, hasn't really happened, and I'm now. But do you want to be so a teacher or I'm healer? I'm being told I'm older now. <laughs> so. Yeah, but do you want to be a teacher or a healer? Um. The only thing that's made sense of this outward life has been my uh, studies in the in philosophy, if you will. Uh, made sense of what we do out here. If it wasn't for my understanding of what's going on uh, in the unseen world, that none of this out here would make sense. Okay, but but and so but you when I'm when I've been happy over the years, it's been learning and taking taking courses and stuff and and learning about. That the Learn, the unseen about world what? and the, the philosophy of life and the unseen world, who we really are, where we come from, what our goal and destiny is. Okay. Um, what's what's really going on behind the scenes? So, so the question that, that's coming up though is, 
where do you feel overwhelmed? First of all, the initial question is, do you want to be a teacher and a healer? And you didn't answer the question. Well, I always thought I did, yes, but it doesn't seem to happen. So what action steps have you taken to create it? Um, I've worked with people, talked with people. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, I've watched how I interact with people, and I don't know. I don't seem to connect with people. Um, I've been told my third chakra, the solar plexus chakra, is quite inactive, and often that's the point from which people connect. Uh, it's not so much the words as it is the, the gut feeling where people connect. Uh, a guy that I worked with for a while told me that, if, for instance, if I was tell a, to tell a woman that I loved her, she wouldn't believe me because women feel it in the gut. And he says there's nothing coming out of your gut that would that they could connect to. And so they would And what was his solution for you? Um, to find a massage therapist who could bring up the uh, uh, pains from childhood, the points of cellular memory, and then bring that into consciousness where I could view it as an adult and let it go um, and uh, heal that stuff. But I've never found anybody that's been able to. I've never found anybody that could do that for me. I've tried lots. Lots of different therapies. Right, no, but but the idea here is is that the part of part of the part of the the massage therapy, it's it's really it's really not about it's not about so much about the massage therapy or any of the therapies that has to do with you know, in other words, like when when that gentleman told you about um, bringing up your past memories, that was actually very very scary for your little kid, because that would be really you you're afraid of feeling that again. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, it's no wonder that you didn't want to do that because a you didn't know how it was going to make you feel. So the idea here has to do with truly under, trying to understand what it is that you what you want, and then and then making a list of your action steps to get get you where you need to go. And there's many ways of being a healer. I have another call, so I'm gonna we're gonna kind of you know bring this to a closure. But the idea here, Richard, is it's really about you understanding that. If you're stopping yourself, if you're in overwhelm, there's fear and anger. And the fear is feeling pain, and the fear is, is not being perfect. The fear is failing. And, and the overwhelm is, again, the, it's, it has to do with the fear of not being able to do it, quote-unquote, right, and then that okay. makes you angry because you then you cycle. So you want to explore something like that. And, again, it has to do with just asking yourself those kind of questions and just writing down whatever your feelings are. Not necessarily the words that come to you, but when you ask yourself those, feeling, those questions, write down how you feel, and, and then thoughts may come to you, and don't judge them. Don't edit them. Just write them down and see where it takes you. Okay. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, Richard, I, was this the fir- are you a, uh, have you listened before? Or is this your first time, first time calling? First time listening? Um, I listened a little bit here last week, but uh, okay, that, that was the first time. Yeah. Okay, well, I hope you continue to listen, and please feel free to call in again and let me know how that's working for you. Okay, thank you. Okay, all right, Richard, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. Okay, we have another caller on the line. Hello, caller. Hello? Uh, Yes, hi, Dana. Um, This is Gigi. I'm sorry, I didn't catch the name. What's your Um, name, darling? Gigi. Gigi? 
Yes. Is it G-I-G-I, Gigi? Correct. Okay. And what state are you calling from? Or where, where, what, what part of this country or world? Canada. Oh, you're also from Canada. You Have you called before? No, I haven't. This is my first time. Okay, great. Well, good to hear from you. How can we help you? Um, I just kind of um, need some help or guidance in um, regards to my career and personal life. Um, I, I haven't. I'm not happy with my present job. Okay. What What is that um, job? Um. I'm a receptionist, admit assistant for an engineering firm. Okay. And so how long and have you been it's there? my boss. Uh, a little over four years. Okay. But only one year in this present office. Okay. And so you don't like your boss? Yes, I have major problems with her but i'm i'm very diplomatic and i've been very patient um but she's got certain behaviors that are hard to to deal with okay um so Um, yeah i wanted to know about if there's some guidance for me in regards to career and also maybe my personal life Um, okay as far as our relationship uh, so tell me if I'm just wondering what you might pick up. That's fine. Remember, now is this the first time you're calling? I mean, listening. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I should tell you that that the Akashic records and my work. I'm not. I'm not psychic. Yes. I don't consider myself psychic. The energy source for the Akashic okay. records work is the the heart chakra okay. connected to the crown chakra. It, it's really not third eye energy. Yes. But but. It really it really moves into your soul's intention here, and so as yes. a receptionist, what would you the question that the masters, teachers, are, and loved ones are asking you is, what do you really want to do? Help people. That that's a big that's a big you no. Know, be more specific, please. The more um, specific the question, the better the answer. Oh, um, I, well, in, in my job, I help people every day uh, in all sorts of ways, and I'm happy just being able to give that person the right answer or able to accomplish what they had asked me to do. Um, I guess service, to be of service. So, but in what area? Uh, that's a tough one. Right now, I am assisting. I don't want to know what you're doing now. Office, I want you. Uh, it's not that has to do with what you're doing oh. now because you want to change it. So what we're asking is, what, where, if you were to close your eyes right now and take a deep breath, tell me what uh-huh. the right livelihood would feel like for you. Not that look like yet. Feel like. What would it feel like for you? Joyful. Okay. And so if it would be joyful, what would it look like for you? Hmm. What, what, close your eyes and just take a look at what, what does your work environment look like if you're joyful? Just imagine it. What's the first thing that comes um, to your it's mind? It's an office. It's an office. Great. Okay. And what's, and, and where are you in that office? Are you in an office? Are you in your own I'm personal office? Desk. Are you? I'm sorry. What? No. I'm in the front desk. You're at the front desk, and then uh, like a receptionist, like you are right now, correct? Yes. Right. And and how is it different in your feeling and, and imagining? How is it different than what you're doing now? Um, not much different, really, um, because it's it's the work that I've been doing for years and years. Okay. So, so if um, this is what you truly want to do, why? I'm, 
what's the real question? Well, I I guess I don't know. I'm just asking for some guidance and what next steps I should take to do what to find another uh, a better job, basically uh, a place where I'll be happier, at least with the supervisor, because I have one that's a micromanager. Okay, and she never stops. Okay. And so um, if she wasn't your boss, would you like working there? Yes. Okay. And when you ha- when she micromanages you, what do you say to her? Mostly I just keep quiet and listen and do what she says. But sometimes she gets ridiculous that I have to say something. But I've never been rude to her. No, the idea what 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 I what I'm hearing to tell you is that the next time she starts micromanaging you, it has to it it has to do with for whatever reason her not trusting that you're going to do it her way. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Okay, and so the but idea I always get my job done. No, that. But you're not. That's don't. You don't have to defend yourself to me. That's not the issue. The issue is you want to understand your boss. And your and what I'm hearing mm-hmm. is for whatever reason, it may have nothing to do with you, Gigi. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. she doesn't trust that it's going to get done right. That's why she micromanages not just you but everybody. And she's like that. With exactly. It is right. with everybody and all the mm-hmm. 16 receptionists that left. So so what you have to ask her, okay, is is you have to, mm-hmm. it, and, and this is not in a nasty way or con- confrontive way, but you have to ask her, mm-hmm. um, I'm just going to pretend her name is Ms. Jones. So, Ms. Jones, um, mm-hmm. I I really appreciate your... I really appreciate your your suggestions and and your critique of of and and of my work. What can I do to help you trust me so that you you know that I will complete the the work the way you want it done? What what would I have to do to help to help you trust right. me more? Okay. Okay. I like you that. See, the reason you want to do that is, in just from a nice way, it's like because you both have mm-hmm. the same goal. And you can even say that. We both have the same mm-hmm. goal, and that's to get it done right. And that's what I want to do for my job, right. too, is to get it done right. And I, and, and I also want to please you. But I need to know, what do you need from me in order for you to trust me? Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Do you feel confident that you could do that? Mm-hmm. And so whatever she says, I think so. I'm going to try. Yeah. So whatever she says, you just have to. But you need to document it. You need to write down what she okay. says of what you need. And do you understand why you want to document it? Okay. Gigi, do you understand uh, why you I'm need to document sure it? I'm not sure why. <laughs> okay. So you want to document it. Because when she gives you instructions and she comes back to micromanage you and you've done every single thing that she's asked you to do, you can say, you see, Mrs. Jones, you know, I just want to show you that I, I've done everything that you've asked. So, so I want you to know you can trust, and you want to keep pounding this in, so I want you to know that you can trust me to get it done right. And it might take a few times because she, ha- because she doesn't know who to trust. Mm-hmm. So okay. you need to be able to to let her know and reinforce that you are trustworthy and you will get it done the way she wants it, it to be done. Right. Because the reality is, is you've got to do it her way. You can't do it your way because if you do it your way, she'll never trust you and she's always going to be micromanaging you. 
but I've got my own way of doing things. It's similar to her way, and she, she's got her own work. Um, and I don't really need much supervision. That's why I don't understand why she insists on on managing me. And and here here's a, here's a reality check for you. It doesn't make any difference why she's doing it. She's your boss, and she's mm-hmm. going to do it, and she has a right to do it. The only mm-hmm. way you're going to get her off your back mm-hmm. is to continue to prove to her that she can trust you because she's walking around not trusting anybody, and that's why she's micromanaging because that's what she's learned to do. Right. So here's your choice. You can either... Mm-hmm. Do it and ask her this question and become her ally, or you can constantly be angry mm-hmm. or resentful that she's trying to tell you to do it, uh, you know, her way. And the other piece I is if she's the one that signs your paycheck, her. and if she, but Gigi here, if she's the one that signs uh, signs your paycheck, or if she's the one that makes sure that you still have a job, then the reality is you got to do it her mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Because the the reason why people have a hard time at work is they don't realize that the people that that sign their checks are the ones who have the right to tell them how they want it done. The only way you can do it only your way is to start your own business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the way it is. Well, I'm hoping to move into a different department. I'm just hoping to get out of there, really. Um, but I've been there a year, and it's been a year of hell. But you but have I to understand the psychology of what we're talking like about. Me. Say again? I didn't hear you. I've been there a year, and I know people there in the office like me, and they trust me. She's the one with the problem. But she she might be the one with the problem, but she's not going to change. And the only way that you're going to get along with I this woman that. is for you to change. Yes, I know about that, too, which I am doing now. So if you use the words that we said just a moment ago, that might help mm-hmm. you. Okay, I'm going to try it. Okay, give it a shot, because... You know, again, we can be st- we can be stubborn, but the reality is, no matter how you look at it, and we may not even agree with what our bosses say of how to do it, mm-hmm. but the reality is, right. they're the boss, and we have to do it the way they tell us to do it, mm-hmm. not our way, because that's not going to get us. That's not going to keep you there. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, do you really get that, that she could fire you because you're not doing it her way? Um, yes, but there are, you know, I know that my style might be different, but the end result is the same. In fact, I've done things that she doesn't know how to do. It's well, she different. doesn't have to know how to I do I don't think you quite understand she doesn't have to know how to do it. I'm sorry? That's your job to know. She does not have to know how to do them. That's your job. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why she doesn't need to micromanage me, because I know how to do my job. You under, But you're not hearing me. The reality, you, can, you can say that all you want, but unless you make her your ally and your friend, mm-hmm. you're going to constantly be frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm working on it. Yep. And the only way you're going to do that is to let her trust you and find out what the qual- what the what the ways are for her to trust you. You've you've got to get that right. documented okay. so she can understand so you can understand it, and then do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All righty. Well, I hope All you right. continue to listen. I, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I hope this has been helpful. Thank you. Okay, dear. Have a good evening. Uh, yes, somewhat, yes. Something to sure. think about. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. You know, it, 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 that's that's one of the... <laughs> it's one of those hard lessons that I had to learn, um, ladies and gentlemen, is that even though 
there was, I just had a situation where I really thought my way was better. And it might have been. But the more you dig your heels in and don't do it the way the boss wants you to or the way corporate wants you to or the way, you know, if you don't do it their way, then guess what? You're not working there anymore. And that can be devastating because, you you know, it's always better to find a job when you have uh, a job than when you are now either laid off or fired. And so the way you have to learn how to do it, if you're in a position, you have to learn how to make that superior or that supervisor your ally. And unfortunately, it, it they're the boss. It is their way or the highway. And that's what so many people want to do it their way because they think their way is better but it doesn't make any difference if it's not making that boss happy. So we have to you have to be real realistic about about the way you do things. Um, and the other piece of that is that many times when supervisors want you to do it a certain way and you don't understand why they want you to do it their way, it's because they have their own reasons that they don't have to tell you. They don't have to tell you why they want you to do it. So where is it written? They just want it done a special way because maybe there's something else underlying that you don't know about. And so it's really about learning how to be compliant as well as assertive at the same time without causing yourself problems. Today's corporate world is really something, and those underlying beliefs that we're operating under are also something. And, you know, the idea of being stubborn, it's almost like there's a, you know, I don't know where the saying came from, but I certainly understand what it's about. When they say that you cut your nose off to spite your own face, I don't know where it came from, but I I do understand it. But that's also the way what happens when you get stuck, you know. It's like what what Richard was saying. It's like the and and what I've gone through, and as many people have gone through, you get overwhelmed. You're not sure which way to go. It aggravates you that you don't know which way to go. You're not sure what you want to do. Now that aggravates you because you you feel like you're indecisive, and all of a sudden it just cycles. And it can bring on depression. It can make you stop. And we just have to learn how to really just dig in. And if it, if we're really stuck, take a moment and ask ourselves some questions and just write it out, our feelings. Because when you write your feelings out, it gets it out of your body onto a piece of paper and you can look at it. And you can see if it's the truth, if it makes sense, or if it's just your underlying excuse because you're afraid to move forward, which there's nothing wrong with that, but isn't it important to know that? And if you're afraid to move forward, you want to journal some more to understand more about why you're afraid to move forward. You know, we are complex mechanisms, and we are a complex technology of of humanness, mind, soul, spirit, flesh, blood, all these things combine nutrition to help us be who we are. And in our own lives, we have to start really looking at what we truly want. What we truly want, where we really want to go, and create the action action steps backwards. If I want to go to this goal, where are the action steps to get there? Well, it is 12 o'clock midnight here in Ohio, and we have come to the end of our show. And this has been a great show. I love you all. Thank you so much, Richard and Gigi, for calling in. Your questions were extremely helpful 
I know to our listeners. Because if you have these questions, you're not the only one. And so we really want to be able to to get you folks calling in. Because the more you call in, the more we, the deeper we go in the records. So thank you so much. Uh, I do want to mention that we've got a I've got an expo that I'm going to be doing in uh, North Olmsted, Ohio, on on Saturday, January 18th. I'll be the featured speaker. So if there's anybody out there from Cleveland, Ohio, uh, please come and see me. And if you'd like information, I can certainly, you know, email it to you. So you can email me at info at akashicwisdom.com if you want to call me privately. My number is two one six six nine one one two three three. And we're going to close the records. So I want to thank the masters, teachers, and loved ones of all these wonderful beings of light that are listening. We ask that your hearts be opened, your burdens be lifted, and may you all truly look into the mirror and see into the heart of the divine. And with that, we close the records for the Akashic Wisdom Show at now at January 13th, because it's after midnight, 2014, saying amen, 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 if you'll all join me in saying amen. Have a great, great week, a miracle-filled week, ladies and gentlemen, and I will see you next week or talk to you next week. Okay, this is Donna Fox saying good night. Bye-bye. <laughs>